Welcome to Building the Future, hosted by Kevin Horick. With millions of listeners a month, Building the Future has quickly become one of the fastest rising programs with a focus on interviewing startups, entrepreneurs, investors, CEOs, and more. The radio and TV show airs in 15 markets across the globe, including Silicon Valley. For full showtimes, past episodes, or to sponsor the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Daniel Tonkopi. He's the CEO and founder at Dell Fast Bikes. Daniel, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. I think what you guys are doing at, at Dell Fast Bikes is actually really innovative and, and cool. But maybe before we dive into that, let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with where you grew up. Oh, of course, uh, I grew up in Kazakhstan. I oh, wonder if you have been there or not. <laughs> I have not. I, I would like to get to that part of the world one day. I, the closest I've been, I guess, is Madrid, but that's not really that close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there are seven more hours by plane yeah, or something. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, yeah, uh, I grew up, uh, actually, I was born in Moscow. <laughs> okay, Russia. very cool. Yeah, but I was two years old and my parents moved to Kazakhstan because my father is from Kazakhstan. So okay. I grew up in Almaty, Kazakhstan. It's the largest city. So my school, my first university, my first work were in Kazakhstan. Okay, so you went to university. What did you take and why? Uh, <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, I, I studied math in school uh, okay. and... Uh, my first university was uh, international economic relations in Almaty. Why? <laughs> That's a good question because uh, the main reason is because my father was a professor in this university. Uh, <laughs> interesting. Okay. Yeah. And uh, after that, uh, I mm, I passed my exams into another Moscow university uh, at international law department. And the reason for that was because my mother was a lawyer. <laughs> so uh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. And I have uh, two degrees, like economic and law. Very cool. So you get out of university. Walk us through your career, maybe some highlights along the way, because you, you've done a ton of stuff. Uh, yeah, sir. Like when I finished my university, economic economic relations, I went to Moscow. Then I traveled a lot uh, through Kazakhstan, Russia, and uh, ex-Soviet Union countries, working in real estate and oil industry. So I was working for yeah, for I, I was in oil and gas industry, uh, working for huge oil and gas uh, corporation, Kazakhstani corporation. It's a uh, like the largest uh, employee in Kazakhstan. Um, oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so I uh, probably to to start uh, to to become an environmentalist, you have to know the other side of of, of it. So probably right. I had to work uh, in an oil company. Okay. Interesting. So walk us through the rest of your career up until coming up with the idea, and then let's dive into Delfast. Oh, yeah. Uh, up to 2009, um, 
you you remember that was the year of the global economic crisis yeah and yeah and our real estate industry just collapsed so i thought okay now i don't have a job <laughs> and mm -hmm. uh, what what i'm gonna do uh, i had some money i had a lot of experience uh, working for for corporation but uh, i realized that i want to be an entrepreneur okay i want to change the world like with my efforts to do something for the world uh, and uh, i traveled a lot by that time and decided to stay in kiev kiev is one of the most beautiful place in the world uh i i love kiev i love ukraine so i decided to live in ukraine interesting and uh, yes uh and uh, in 2009 uh, that was a time when uh our part of the world uh, our it part of the world were trying to clone some successful american uh, startups for ah. example mark zuckerberg uh, created facebook in 2007 right. i guess and there was a successful clone in russia and in kazakhstan um, for this facebook uh, there was there were clones of groupon and uh, other huge companies and i thought okay there is no yelp for ukraine interesting and yeah and i had a problem because i was traveling a lot right. I, I i didn't know where to stay where to eat which gyms are good and which are not and uh so i decided to solve my own problem uh to establish a company called best.ua which was yelp for ukraine with reviews about places and that was my first startup. That's how I became an entrepreneur and a startup guy. So uh, <laughs> I raised a lot of money, like half a million dollars, and I lost this money. I made all the possible mistakes <laughs> with the startup. That okay. was my first startup. Sure. Yeah. Okay. That, I, Keep yeah. going. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. <laughs> After that, I had uh, another startup. Uh, it, it was I sold it. Uh, I sold with a huge loss, uh, but okay. I said, mm, let's start another company. Okay. Uh, yeah, and I created a game, an augmented reality game. It was 2011, 2012. And uh, of course, you remember this Google Glass. Uh, yep, I remember that. Yeah. We had some. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting. Oh, yes, yes. That was huge hype in that time. Totally. And, uh, yes. I thought, Okay, we can create an augmented reality mobile game like a Counter Strike, but in the real world. Oh, we interesting! Use... Yeah, uh, I, I'm a gamer, and uh, my my two sons are gamers, so I like gaming. I thought maybe I can like point my smartphone to my son or to another player, and then I will see his uh, you know health bar and we can unite against monsters which are in the augmented reality so we can just uh, shoot and play um, outside uh, in augmented reality in the real world not very cool. on the computer yeah that was really great we received a lot of media attention we won a lot of uh, con contests startup contests that was the first time when i came to silicon valley and uh, and saw how it's really going on and uh, again, uh, I thought that uh, mm, I won't have any business model okay. uh, because, yeah, <laughs> that was a mistake, which I realized later. But I thought, 
okay, there are such companies like Twitter or Instagram. They right. don't earn any single penny. So why can't uh, I do the same? So I will be having millions of uh, customers and then I will create some business model. Uh, that was a mistake. <laughs> that was a huge mistake. <laughs> um, and uh, that was one of the main reasons why we couldn't move on and why we why I closed this uh, project, uh, the prototype stage. But that was a cool idea and uh, I received tons of experience again. And Interesting. In yes, Keep going. In Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> then in 2013, I established Delfast, considering a lot of... Uh, I just told you about two startups, but I had uh, like maybe 15 failed projects so in 2013 14, 14 sorry uh i came with the idea of delfast company and now last uh, how many eight years i i run this company okay so before we dive into that and how you came up with the idea okay you, you just mentioned you basically had 15 failed startups what kept you going and keep trying because majority of people give up after you know one or two but like how did you keep going until you found something that was working that's a good question i think the my recipe is the passion is the yeah. willingness to change something like i i really when when i see a problem that could be solved I am such kind of a person that uh, won't just deal with it. I will try to to change something, to improve something. For example, uh, this is the story of Delfast, uh, how it appeared. I ordered a smartphone. My okay. smartphone was broken. Yeah, and uh, I ordered in an online store. And the lady uh, called me back to confirm the order. And uh, I asked her, when they will deliver this uh, smartphone and she said okay. well usually it takes two days i said i'm i don't have a smartphone i need it right now do you have like one hour delivery or like could, can you deliver it right now yeah she said uh, no sorry we can't I, I was ready to pay like any amount of money right but i needed smartphone can you imagine you without smartphone yeah, hundred like, <laughs> percent. Yeah, yeah, it's non-negotiable. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So I did it now. I, I asked her, and uh, she said there is there are no options. So wow. okay, but after right after that, I ordered a pizza, and it was delivered within like forty minutes or something. Right. And I thought, why this pizza could be delivered within one hour, and you still have to prepare to cook this pizza. And smartphone, it takes like two days uh, and something. So I decided to create delivery of smartphones with the speed of pizza delivery. Interesting. Like, okay. Yeah. To, uh, like this is uh, um, answering to your question, uh, how to keep going. I was trying to make this world better, to change something. I saw the problems that I met with and I tried to to find the solution and suddenly some other people are also meeting these problems and they right. were also looking for solutions so sometimes it became into businesses interesting okay so 
how did it evolve over the last eight years into what it is today? <laughs> That's a good question. So I, I created a delivery service, one hour delivery company and called it Dell fast, which stands okay. for we deliver fast. <laughs> so got it. Okay, cool. Uh, but from the very beginning, uh, we had a problem at transportation. We created um, an outstanding one hour delivery and like that was disrupting delivery service. Okay. Nobody could make one hour deliveries, even Amazon by that time. Right. So uh, I realized to create one hour delivery, I had I have to use some some disruptive transportation. But what what it could be? Uh, as I mentioned, I grew up in Kazakhstan uh, and Almaty which is the largest city, uh, is a beautiful city, but it has an ecological problem. Okay. It is surrounded by mountains. And, th and this is the reason why there is no wind in the city, uh, which causes the smoke, huge smoke, and all the emissions, cars emissions, and uh, plants, uh, power plants emissions, they just stay above the city and no, not going anywhere. And uh, this is a huge ecological problem. And uh, my father was a professor of ecology. And uh, I grew up as an environmentalist. And uh, I thought, okay, I can I can do something for for Almaty, for, for the air, not only in this city, but in all large cities. And uh, when I came up with the delivery idea, one-hour delivery, uh, I thought, Okay, maybe I can use electric transportation. Okay. Maybe, yeah, we can try electric bicycles. Uh, so that was an idea, just a hypothesis. Uh, and I never tried electric bike in 2014, actually. I, I never see it before. I just heard about it. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Okay. And me, with my partner, with Sergey, uh, we bought first electric bicycle. Uh, from one Chinese manufacturer and seller promised us 50 miles on a single charge range. I mean. Okay. Um, we thought, uh, well, that's not enough for entire day of work of a courier, like because they make 120, 130 miles on, uh, during a day. But that would be good enough for the beginning. 50 right. miles, let's start. Yeah. So we bought it, uh, I charged it, I thought that would could be a good ride 25 miles uh, one way and 20 miles uh, back way uh that was great day summer day and i'm bike lover i love motorcycles bicycles so uh, i rode but after about 15 miles the bike just stopped okay so, wow to, yeah i uh, i picked my phone and called to a seller and said eh, buddy something's wrong with this bike he said, no, everything is okay. I said, no, uh, you promised me 50 miles, but it, it went just 15. Uh, so I don't know, maybe battery is broken or I don't know what's happening. He right. said, no, 15 is okay. I said, no, you promised 50. And he goes, 50 if you help with pedals. I said, seriously, if I help with pedals, I can go for a thousand miles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, right? So uh this is how I realized that uh, all 
like okay 99.99% of e-bike manufacturers uh, have um, are indicating range uh, but th there is small font that if you use pedals so the real range is much uh, smaller interesting okay yes uh, so me and sergey we had to develop uh, e-bikes for our couriers like to achieve uh, not even 50 but at least 120 miles on a single charge we had a lot of experiments with batteries with motors with frames with all the controllers and uh, like all the spare parts like thousands of experiments and uh, we were just solving our problem step by step uh, we created the best solution uh, best e-bike for couriers for heavy uh, heavy riders hardcore riders and uh, <laughs> like answering your question how we evolved to electric bike company uh in 2017 uh, after two or three years of operating uh we realized okay we have a kind of a product uh, we, we were successful as a delivery service just right. uh, we had uh, branches in kiev in odessa in kazakhstan in poland we've signed like hundreds of uh, b2b clients we were number one fastest uh, delivery in ukraine and uh, as a parallel way we were developing this uh, e-bikes just to solve our problem and uh, in 2017 we thought uh maybe we can try to sell these bikes because people were oftenly asked us uh, hey guys how much are they and we were just refused to sell these bikes because we answered we are couriers we are not selling bikes <laughs> <laughs> yeah but one day we launched our kickstarter campaign just to test a hypothesis if if anybody needs this bike or we created just something that uh, nobody needs and uh, it was successful uh, we collected hundred and sixty five thousand dollars wow in, yeah not bad uh, in november 2017 and we realized okay people need this bike and that uh, from that moment we had two business units in our company one was uh, courier part courier division and another was uh, bike manufacturer company and uh, in 2020 when the covid uh, lockdown started right. we sold our courier part of the business so we wanted to focus on e-bikes because we saw global perspectives and uh, we sold this uh, courier business. So now we became an e-bike manufacturer. <laughs> so this is a short story. Interesting. No, that's that's really <laughs> cool, man. So <laughs> I, I want to dive a little bit or, or step back for a second. So you and Sergey were iterating on these bikes, but does, does he have a background in anything related to like engineering or building bikes or you both just kind of hobbyists or or how did you guys build these first early versions because like they're complicated right yes uh well short answer is no we both of us we didn't have any experience with e-bikes okay but but uh, and uh, that was crazy because we created a disruptive one hour delivery and uh, people were laughing at us hey guys where are you going like delivery come on do you have any experience no where what are you thinking about e-bikes hey guys are you engineers or something 
now what are you trying to create here everything is already invented etc etc so we were just keep going we were just to keep trying we were just solving our own problem because we had to provide e-bikes with huge range uh highly reliable robust bikes to our couriers so they can make deliveries right right uh, so we hired uh, engineers like uh, i found one engineer in the dnipro city which is uh, west of uh, east of ukraine sorry yeah and uh, this engineer had a lot of experience in e-bike um, production he's just like uh, he was making e-bike for himself for his friends he was making it like for for, for living okay very uh, cool yeah and i said can you make me an e-bike with 150 miles range he said nobody needs it i said i need it can you do it or not uh he said okay let's see what we can do so we started to develop a lot of uh, solutions we, we have uh, received uh, many patents for our solutions after that like for battery management system for controller for for components uh, and and everything for, com for personal computer so we created step-by-step e-bike which uh, exceeded all the limits in the world literally wow <laughs> so without any background we had just uh, a lot of uh, passion and uh, a lot of uh, desire to change the situation and to solve the problem no that's very cool and i also think <laughs> that's inspiring to people right that if just because they like just because they don't have a background in something doesn't mean they can't figure out how to do it and in your case you guys brought somebody on board to help you with that but and i don't think there's anything wrong with that right but i think just because you don't have a background doesn't mean you can't do it yes absolutely so i'm curious then what give us kind of the specs of you know a delfast bike today because like you said you're you're basically the fastest e-bike in the world and and you mm -hmm. have crazy range and you know so let's talk about that yes sure it was my pleasure uh yes we are the fastest e-bike in the world if you open forbes.com and yeah. uh, just try to search uh, fastest e-bike you will see delfast bike uh, model top 3.0 and uh, we as a uh, forbes uh, announced us uh, the fastest e-bike for the second year in a row wow so congrats, we, man yeah yeah thank you <laughs> that's awesome we also it is indeed so, so, we so are what does fast one. mean sorry sorry to cut you off what, yeah. what does fast mean like how many kilometers miles per hour is that yeah if you if you buy our stock model you will have 50 miles per hour speed okay right wow. zero, 80 kilometers per hour for, for which is pretty fast yeah that's really <laughs> fast, actually. yes we also have our, our developments sir, and uh, last august we established a bonneville speed record which was 107 miles per hour on electric bicycle this is an official okay interesting yeah 107 yeah it, it is fast and we are also the guinness world record holder for the longest range traveled on a single charge which was 236 miles on a wow. single charge with and with no pedal using that that, that was principle so without any pedals just on a electric power okay but so but if i use the pedals and and how does it because 
you guys regenerate energy. How does that work with pedals and braking and whatnot? Yes, uh, we have a throttle bar, uh, like a usual motorcycle. So you can just push a throttle and uh, go without using pedals. Okay. Uh, yeah, there is another mode, uh, like according to California laws. Uh, I'm in California now. Where right. are you? Where are you, by the way? I'm actually up in Canada, in Edmonton, Alberta. Great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Canada has uh, more strict legislation, but uh, California's legislation says that on a throttle bar, you can ride up to 20 miles per hour. Ah. Uh, yeah, there is another mode, uh, which called pedal assist mode. So you, you pedal like with uh, less efforts and uh, most of the work takes on, on electric power. Uh, in this mode, uh, in pedal assist mode, you can ride up to 28 miles per hour. Okay. And yeah, yeah. And then we have just uh, off-road mode. If a customer will go to off-road or to private territory, so he or she can unlock full power and ride 50 miles per hour. Got it. That's cool. Okay, very cool. So I want to talk about just like some of the security stuff, some of the kind of environmental stuff, because this stuff's really actually important, right? Obviously, for obvious reasons. Of course. Yes, I know. Like, um, I, I don't know how many, but maybe 70 or 80% of bike owners uh, has ever met with uh, that their bikes were stolen. Right. Yeah. And uh, we also met with this problem. That's why our bikes are always connected like 24 7 gps tracking telemetry we have our own computer on board pc and we if you buy other bikes uh they're all good like super 73 k calc onyx motorcycles and others uh, they do really good job and uh, even harley davidson they they're great but they don't have you know smart features they don't, uh, you cannot control these bikes with the mobile app. You won't have any mobile app in most cases. Or if you, if you will have, then you will just see, okay, charge of battery and some minor stuff. But we have uh, created the smart bike, like uh, not just a bicycle with a motor, but a full gadget. Right. Like uh, almost, uh, I don't know, Tesla on two wheels, if you wish, or I don't know, smartphone on two wheels. So this is a smart gadget. We, uh, you, for example, if someone will try to steal it, then you will receive push notification on your mobile phone. Okay, please check it out. Or you can use where is my bike location. You can arm and disalarm um, signals. You can lock and unlock your bike plan your route and save your trips and many many other features like this is fully connected smart bike and this is how we how we differ from other competitors not only being number one in the world in terms of speed and number one in terms of uh, range but being the smartest e-bike as well very cool okay so i i know like obviously this is audio only and it's hard to describe but how do you how do you describe or how would you describe you know visually and people can obviously go to the like delfastbikes.com and, and actually have a look at it but how do you describe it because it has a unique look the tires are like do you want to maybe talk about that quickly yeah sure uh i would describe it like a hybrid uh, okay. between a bicycle and the motorcycle 
Right. It's yeah, it's larger than a pedal bicycle and more heavier, but it's smaller than a common motorcycle. Okay. So the so the nearest uh, the closest description would be like a moped. Okay. Uh, yeah, moped with uh, electric uh, motor in the rear wheel and with a battery in the triangle in, within the frame. It has pedals, uh, it has uh, like a steering bar as common bicycle. It has mirrors, full light packs, like uh, running lights and everything. And uh, yeah, the closest uh, description would be like a moped, motorized pedelec. Got it. Okay, very cool. So you, you mentioned like it's always connected. Do you want to talk about the app experience and what you get from that? Uh, yes. Uh, we we asked our people what they want from from from, from a bike yeah. Ge generally not just our customers but generally bike users yeah and uh, yeah and we ask them we hear their problems their issues uh like two most uh, popular features uh, which they asked for were tracking their bike like uh security features like yeah yeah uh, so they should be sure that bike wouldn't be stolen or if it will, will be if it will be stolen uh, then they will be able to find it right. so that was the first question and we implemented that and second question was uh just to make a route to plan their trip to save right. their trips to see the history of their trips like and to, to see what is the weather, what is the best path. So and th there are a lot of uh, features like um, uh, engage and uh, disengage alarm, for example. So uh, basically, we we are asking our clients and our potential clients what they want to see, and trying to implement this. And and this is not uh, just for this mobile app. This is our general approach uh we use this approach when we develop new models for example and uh, uh as uh, as i mentioned this bike looks like a heavy bicycle it, it, it is pretty heavy it's like 170 pounds okay or yes yeah, 60 kilograms or something but uh, many people uh, says that mm, they want something lighter they <clears throat> sorry people ask uh, yeah they don't need 220 miles range right. 100 miles would be good enough yes and uh, 50 miles per hour is uh, something um, which they not use every day right. so people ask for 28 miles per hour speed and something so we we've analyzed a lot of uh, their requests and wishes and uh, developed a new model uh, which we didn't uh, announced it uh, which we didn't present it to the market yet but uh, we will launch it within the next few months uh, and this uh, model will be based upon more than fifty thousand interviews with potential customers wow. so we hope yes we hope uh, it will meet their expectations and we called this model delfast california bike okay so can i i basically can like cherry pick the features that i want and then you build it or is it too kind of early to mention the customizations or, or what i can or what it's about 
if I understand you right, uh, we we have our R and D center in Ukraine. We have okay. our in, yeah hardware and software engineers uh, in house. Uh, we make prototypes in our um, factory in Kiev. Right. Uh, unfortunately, these days it's not yeah, it's not hard. easy. Yeah. Uh, and uh, in 2021, we moved our headquarters to Los Angeles area. Okay. So, yeah, me as CEO and our chief revenue officer, we, we moved here with several sales managers, uh, several engineers. We found chief marketing officer here in California. So now we have two offices, our headquarters in Los Angeles and our R&D center and support center in Kiev. So yes, we are developing everything in-house. We can we are speaking with our clients, customers, dealers every day, and we implement these features. Like if we can make minor upgrade of uh, I don't know, kickstand, for example, people yeah. says okay, kickstand could be better. Well, okay, we will develop new kickstand and uh, produce it and supply kickstands in the next bunches. It's our own development. Okay, uh, but can I like say, uh, like I want this range or I want less range, more range, a lighter one, a heavier one, like does that work or, or not yet? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, previously, we had several different models with several okay. different, uh, you know, options. Right. Like uh, two years ago, we had uh, first long range model that okay. was uh, called Delphas Prime with yeah. uh, 370 kilometers range. We had off-road version, we had cross-road version, we had oh, three-wheeled wow. model, we had a, a cheaper version for couriers and uh, for other guys who cares about the price. We had speedy version, uh, Delphas Top. We had a uh, full drive uh, version, like two motors. Uh, so we, we had seven or eight different models and each of them had different options uh, but at one moment we thought okay wait a minute uh, what are we selling what is our like main product right. actually an investor asked us what are you focused on and i said we are focused on e-bikes <laughs> he said okay e-bikes what is your product like if you were Coke, uh, what you were selling? Coke, Sprinta, Sprite, Fanta, or what? What is your main core right. brand? I said, well, we don't know. We have seven different models. We sell, uh, we sell them. Uh, he said, hey guys, listen, uh, you have uh, you are startup. You have very limited uh, budget, very limited resources, team. So if you have seven models, that, that means that you have seven different target audiences, right? which means uh, you have to pay seven different uh, advertising campaigns for absolutely different clients. So you have uh, restricted resources, limited resources, and uh, you even cut them, like divide by seven. Uh, you have to find what's your focus. And that was, yeah, that was really good advice from an investor. And uh, we followed this advice, not because he was going to invest to us, but because that was really wise. So we just sat with our team and uh, analyzed our sales volume. And we saw that one model 
which was speedy version, uh, Delfa Stop, makes about 80% of our sales volume. And other ah. six models, yeah, <laughs> makes uh, just 20% of sales. So that was hard decision, but we decided just to cut off uh, all other products and to focus on one model. No. And that, yeah, that was a relief, relief for everyone, for marketing, for sales department, because they didn't have a bunch of uh, different complications. They, now they had just one model. That was a relief for engineers because they had the bomb list for just one model so they can improve it, make it perfect. There for marketing campaign, for advertising. Now we could focus on an audience. We could speak to one audience and we, we didn't, you know, spread our efforts. So that was really one of the best decisions that we made to focus. Uh, no, I, I think that's actually really good advice. So I'm curious then you you've obviously been doing this a long time now and you're really taking in your customer feedback to help you build the next version add features to the app but how do you know which feedback to actually execute on because you can really easily chase your tail and and never really get anywhere or just keep launching features or take these requests that actually don't really sell more bikes yes absolutely yes you you know how it's working <laughs> and <laughs> uh yeah you are absolutely right we can always uh, chasing the tail uh so we i created the rule for for myself okay always to check the hypothesis uh i remember uh, nine years ago when i used to to run best ua uh, which we uh, spoke already about um that was yelp for ukraine just right. reviews about restaurants and other places so i decided uh like people asked us uh, actually hey guys can you make a, a reservation button like order a table book a table at, at a restaurant i right. thought yeah that makes sense uh like uh everybody knows that uh, about open table really popular yeah. service in america but uh, there were no such services in ukraine so okay. i decided let's do it so i found uh, several developers for this button and this is not just a button Th this means when you push this button uh on the other side at the restaurant side someone's uh, receiving a message and he or she will have a system which shows that this particular table is uh, available at this particular time so this means that he or she has a table management system right and uh, then there will be a text uh, message confirmation to your smartphone so there is another feature so we had to develop not just the button but the entire table management system it took us uh, about four to five months to develop then another two months to implement this to restaurants and that was hard because uh, all the restaurants they just get used to accept bookings by phone right nobody was uh, pushing buttons these buttons because there were no such buttons that was a new product 
uh, and uh, uh, we were trying to teach these uh, administrators we were trying to persuade the restaurant owners so we we had a lot of challenges so it took us like seven or eight months uh, for entire development and implementation and uh, at the end of the day we received like four uh, orders per week okay like, uh, our business model was uh, one dollar per pushing the button one dollar right. per push yeah so okay. a restaurant could easily understand so if we will give him a lead uh, a client he will pay us one dollar and then he will whatever he will sell to him uh, so we received four dollars a week okay <laughs> so, yeah. uh that wasn't what we were expected for so we we invested into advertising into promotion uh, okay, we increased it up to ten dollars per week of revenue. Okay. So, uh, so this this is not this wasn't working. Right. So uh, after twelve months of the entire project, uh, we decided to stop it, just because uh, I realized that we we are wasting time and money and everything. We we lost a lot of money. People just didn't push the button. Right. Uh, because. Uh, probably the reason was because there there are no cues in ukrainian restaurants so you you can just come and see it. you right. you, okay. you don't wait yeah not not like in america so that was one of my fails and uh after that after several years i spoke to another investor in berlin and he said why didn't you use a fake button i said I said, what do you mean, fake button? He said, you didn't have to spend 12 months for the development, implementation, advertising. You could just create a, a button with nothing behind and just count uh, how many people will be clicking on it. Interesting. Thought, yes. I, I thought, wait a minute, but this is like a fake. He said, this is just for a test, your hypothesis. Just you could uh, you could have received your answer, or if people are willing to push such button or not within a week, not waiting for a year, not spending this huge bunch of money, and I was like speechless. I thought, could I do this? Could I try this really? And I remember all these uh, thousands, tens of thousands of dollars, all these sleepless nights, all these uh, argues with uh, restaurant owners, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I could just save one year of work and a lot of money with testing this hypothesis, just putting this fake button and uh, see the answer within a week. So that was a good lesson. <laughs> no fair. Well, and I guess worst case scenario, you could have just manually called the restaurant to make a reservation, right? Like you just get it Absolutely. to send you a quick email or something. Yeah. Yes, this yeah. is the worst thing that can happen to you. <laughs> so uh, from that time, uh, I I told to myself, okay, I'm going always check the hypothesis. If I have a like brilliant, you know, idea, sure. uh, yeah, yeah uh, I will always check it if uh, if anyone else think uh, it's really brilliant or not so coming back to your question uh, how we 
decide if we if someone needs uh, new models of bikes or not so we are always testing the hypothesis for example when we found when we received a feedback hey guys uh, i need uh, like folding bike okay. i need a heavy motorcycle or whatever or any part of it we just uh, make a landing page or uh, and see uh, how many people will push the button how many people will click uh, i want to buy it for example uh, or we can make a field like subscribe on use on this model and uh, for example uh, at the ces uh, consumer yeah. electronic show which was in january uh, we presented two different uh, new models new designs yeah. and we asked people to just to click uh, which one they like more okay and yes so we were uh, checking the hypothesis and based on this uh, data how many people push the button we are making our next decision and it works it works like a few months ago we we tried to like we decided to implement heavy motorcycle and we announced about it but we received just 60 clicks okay uh, from potential people who might be interested in this heavy motorcycle so we decided okay this means 60 clicks uh, uh, if we will produce this heavy motorcycle like in fact so these 60 interested people will convert into six others uh, this is not sexy <laughs> so we decided to postpone this project no i actually think that's that's really good advice and it no i yeah i've been down what you just outlined more times than i could probably remember at this point so i think that's actually really really good advice is try to think of the quickest simplest cheapest way possible to test your hypothesis right right it will save a lot of money and time stress. and uh, stress yes so I want to just kind of go back to the bike quickly because we're kind of coming to the end of the show. But what's the cost um, and, and to get one and where can people actually get their hands on one? And can they if they're in a city where you guys have a, a dealership, can they actually like test drive one? Yes, absolutely. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, last year we opened our headquarter in Los Angeles. And the main one of two main reasons uh, was to be closer to our customers. That was probably the largest reason. Second reason is in, uh, investment and uh, closer to capital. But right. the first reason is uh, clients. So we are building our dealership network. We have now a lot of dealers uh, today in California, in Florida, in New York, in Texas, in other states. Uh, we have dealership in Canada, but not in all cities yet right so uh currently uh, we have uh, our stock in los angeles so uh, last year we had some logistics issues uh, like like the uh, entire world yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes yes <laughs> absolutely and our lead time was uh, four to five months which was not good uh, nobody wants to wait for such a long time but now today uh, waiting time is just one to two weeks oh wow yeah it's easy and if you are in la so you will get it within one or two days or something uh 
yeah uh, people can try to can can make test right with our dealers or with our representatives here in Whittier California and regarding the price uh, it's starting from hundred and forty dollars per month okay. <laughs> using PayPal credit and Klarna and the firm and, and something and the total price is uh, sixty five hundred dollars okay so I can pay monthly for how long or I just can obviously pay the 65.99 or whatever yeah yeah we we have different uh, installments pl plans uh, we have we are working with uh, several banks like uh, paypal credit klarna etc and we have our own installment plans so yeah we have we are flexible in that and also as i already mentioned we will launch a cheaper version uh, soon like within maybe until the end of summer uh, we will launch our crowdfunding campaign for the California bike, which will be lighter, cheaper, more reliable, not not such brutal, not such heavy. Uh, I think it will be more affordable for everyone. Very cool. And and you have different color options uh, right now, like a black, a white, an orange, a red, and a blue. Um, yes. So very cool. Um, <laughs> yes. So how about so how about we close the show? with mentioning where people can get more information about yourself, Delfest, and any other links you want to mention? Uh, yes, sure. Uh, everything, if, if you're interested in e-bikes, just visit our website, uh, delfastbikes.com. Uh, you can always uh, follow me on Twitter, on Facebook. It's easy, Daniel Tonkopi. I'm a big fan of... Uh, everything eco about the environment about clean clean energy clean society like you know we are from ukraine we stand for sure. emissions free and dictators free society <laughs> sure and you're giving some proceeds of your sales to support ukraine you want to talk about that quickly uh yes yeah absolutely we all of us all 40 millions of ukrainians we all work in two shifts now like one shift is our usual civil life and second shift is we are standing for ukraine and with ukraine we i personally um, one of leaders of uh, of the u law movements uh, movement which stands for ukrainian leaders against war and we speak to senators and congress people uh, of the us congress uh, we ask them to provide military help humanitarian help and uh, literally two hours ago, uh, I had a meeting with Senator Feinstein's office oh, from wow. California. Yes, yeah, so we spoke about uh, immigration issues because there, there are a lot of refugees and uh, people who want to, to come to America. They have issues with visa, with humanitarian parole and other problems. So uh, we asked them to help uh, Ukraine and we, it works. It really works. Like. In the beginning of the war, there were not as much support as we have now. And we started to speak to Congress people, uh, and they immediately uh, was signing petitions to Biden to provide military help to Ukraine uh, and humanitarian help and other. And it, it came to land lease uh, law, right? Uh, so, yeah. yes, we do our job pretty good we educate them we give them our stories from the ground uh, we connect people from the middle of uh, the war from kiev from bucha from mariupol from kherson 
and uh, we are sharing our stories. As I mentioned, our team, uh, the Elfast team, uh, we work in Kiev and, and we have team members in Kharkiv, in Kherson, and they just shared their stories. They, they just showed how they work, how, how their lives are like now. Like sure. uh, one, yeah, one uh, lady marketing manager, uh, her name is Daria, uh, she lives in Kharkiv. And, oh, wow. uh, yes, and uh, she was with uh, in Zoom meeting with Senator, uh, and uh, there was a window covered by a black curtain behind her. Okay. And uh, someone asked, what, what, what does it mean? Why there is a black curtain? She said, this is because uh, if uh, I'll show my lights in the window, so I will spot myself, so I could become a target for Russian missiles. Oh wow! So, yes, this is so crazy. Like it's happening right now. Another man in in Kiev, he's a very popular blogger, uh, Anton Ptushkin. Uh, he showed videos from Bucha, from Irpin, from Kiev to senators to Congress people, and uh, that was really powerful. So we provided them just. To uh, straight information, clear and honest information, so they can make their wise decisions after that. And as we can see, it works. No, that's that's amazing. And like, obviously, nobody's really safe over there. So how are they? Like, how's it? How are they handling that? Because that's got to be like awful. Just like I don't know how. Like I don't even know what words to say. Like we all know how bad. Yes. It is bad. Uh, one week ago, I had a speech in Dallas, Texas, uh, at EarthX conference. Okay. And I showed pictures of destroyed infrastructure in Ukraine. And uh, yes, uh, when, when people saw these pictures, they were like, wow, they couldn't even imagine it. Like Ukraine, uh, Russian army, Putin, uh, has destroyed close to 90% of oil infrastructure, wow. like all the oil depots, uh, oil refineries. And uh, even one oil refinery, if uh, if it is uh, bombed, so there will be a fire and air pollution and land pollution, it is a disaster. Right. But if they attack hundreds of uh, oil depots, it's a catastrophe. Yeah. It's a yes. Putin was attacking nuclear plants that was like crazy he uh, invaded to chernobyl first and they then he bombed uh, zaporizhia nuclear power plant which is the largest european nuclear plant like just it's six yeah six times wild, larger right? than chernobyl wow. wow it is yes indeed it's it's hard to imagine it's hard to understand it's hard to believe that it's happening uh, right now in 2022 in the center of europe well, and that, and that you, you, these people are still working too, right? Is, you know, yes. just, yeah. Wow. Wow. Yes, we stand. We stand. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and even, even workers of such nuclear plants are on duty. They have to run this uh, right. power plant. Otherwise, it will be stopped and a catastrophe could happen. Or at least a power supply will be stopped. But uh, And there are millions of people uh, who receive this uh, electricity. So this is happening everywhere. Our team is working. 
during the first uh, week of war we were shocked of course we right. were we were trying to to make sure that all the people are safe now relatively safe yeah relatively yeah. We, yes <laughs> we did our best and but now we continue our work well almost normal and uh, this war didn't affect us as business because uh, like our production wasn't affected we have our production in china now and we want to move it to the us by the way right. this is another big deal for us and we are raising capital for this like to to move our company uh, production facilities to america we have uh, we have solved our logistics issues as i mentioned uh, so as a business uh, we are doing pretty good we are growing up 3x like first quarter this year we made sales revenues three times better than first quarter last year oh amazing man <laughs> That's really yes, great. Thanks. That that's yes. amazing. Considering all the stuff that you you guys are dealing with as a team and a company, right. and yeah, that's that's amazing. Right. So right, if, right. if people want to kind of help out or you know buy a bike or invest, uh, again, maybe what URL can they get uh, more information at as we close out the show? Oh yes, sure. Uh, today we we produce uh, our bikes in China, but uh, this is our decision and intention to move production to america uh, again to be closer to our clients to faster react to faster provide new models to the market and to to create a global company right. this is our goal yes to to become e-bike company number one in the world so uh, last year we raised 3.4 million dollars at crowdfunding in ukraine people believed wow. in us and now we are raising 20 million dollars uh, to to establish the, the assembly plant to expand our presence on the market and to scale sure. just we, we have great product we, we have really great team and we have our uniqueness so the next step is just to scale to grow up and for that purpose we are raising 20 million so if uh, i know that you have a lot of audience uh, among venture investors private equity investors uh so please join our venture round very cool. And they can go to delfastbikes.com, D-E-L-F-A-S-T-B-I-K-E-S.com. Well, yes. Well, Daniel, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be on the show. And I look forward to keeping in touch with you and have a good rest of your day. Thank you very much for having me here. It was great pleasure to talk to you. I hope uh, your listeners enjoyed our conversation. No, I thought it was great, man. All right. We'll talk soon. Okay. Bye. Thank you very much. Bye. Thanks for listening. Please visit our website at buildingthefutureshow.com to join the free community, sign up for our newsletter, or to sponsor the show. The music is done by Electric Mantra. You can check him out at electricmantra.com and keep building the future.